Welcome back to Real Talk, a podcast by Stars Mills, The Prowler. I'm Walker Allen. I'm Liam O'Connell. We're coming back for, uh, to you one last time to just look back at this year, our senior year, in the past four years, and just sort of reflect on how things have been. Mm-hmm. Reflect on how things have been and how they're probably going to go based on our experiences at the mill. Yeah. Um, so first, we'll just kind of start back up with our senior year. How was your... It's now May. We're graduating in a week and a half. Our last day is uh, Thursday, May whatever date. How was your How was your day? No, hold on. How was your year? It was It was pretty okay. I'm gonna say it was. Okay. It was pretty good. wasn't It wasn't too challenging, so that's pretty cool. How was your sleep? Well, well I'll answer that in a sec. But thanks, guys. What was your approach to senior year? Were you just gonna sort of like totally last year slack off for? Were you still going for it, or were you saying, you know, I want to have a good time, but I'm still going to apply myself hard in school? I think I went for the uh, the, the good time, but still trying. You know, mm-hmm. after um, after applying and getting into college, things got so much easier. And you got in early. I, I, I applied in, or like, November 20th, and I got mm-hmm. my reply a week later. Mm-hmm. That's was, convenient. It was pretty great. And uh, you took the approach of you're still going to work hard and stuff, so... That kind of helps out towards this week because, as you know, these last tests wrapping yeah. up, you're still on top of it and you're not battling for an A or a B. Oh, no, no. I mean, I had a, I don't want to say your attention because I've been sick a lot this, uh, this semester, but that's actually one of the most freeing things that's happened all year because, you know, once you lose that senior exemption, which, I mean, it sucks, it does, but it is what it is. That's five occurrences. Yeah, it's five occurrences. More than five occurrences. More than five occurrences in one Once semester. you lose it... As long as your absences or uh, occurrences are excused, mm-hmm. you really don't get any penalties. So it's sort of like, you know, you, you wake up late, you don't feel as bad as you would, thinking, oh no, I gotta get to school as fast as I can. You can, you know, you can relax, you can go and get some food before school and just sort of, you know, chill and go to school on your own terms. And we're not condoning skipping school. No, we are we're not condoning skipping school. Uh, there's a lot of people who take... Uh, who do have a lot of occurrences, but most of them are not excused. They do, they do take it too liberally. And uh, they take it a little liberally, and what happens to those people is, uh, well, you get detention, administrative detention, and eventually it leads to suspension, which will go on the record that you yeah. send to schools when you apply. So, um, you know, when we say, you know, kind of mosey through uh, the morning, we don't mean yeah. don't show up to school. You know, if you come in late, if you come in after, like, 12 o'clock, it's a full occurrence. So, you know, just mm-hmm. be smart about it. No, I mean missing like some of first period, not the same, the first period. It's freeing because you don't have the stress that, oh my goodness, now I'm not able to take my exams. Exactly. No, now I'm not able to exempt taking my yeah. exams. I mean, you can still exempt on academics, which is what I'm doing for my easy exams. Okay, thank you. That was, uh, we're, we should mention that we're in the Peachtree City Public Library, and um, we thought the phone booth was quiet, but it's not quiet at all. Um, so. Well, I must say, my year went pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of ups, not as many downs. Uh, I took the approach that I'm still going to challenge myself, mm-hmm. but I'm going to work through it, and towards the end of the year, you know, I'm going to have a good time. You know, I'm not going to stress myself out once I get into college, you know. Uh, I tried to give myself as many options as I could, and in the end, I got to choose, which uh, made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um... I would keep in mind that um, I guess we'll go ahead and start getting into college. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a totally new world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of really the transition between 
dependence and independence behind really us. The big difference between school now and school later is that I'm going to be in a news place, and most of all, we're not going to see our parents every day. Yeah. Which, um... It'll be okay, yeah. Yeah, well, it <laughs> means it'll be a little more independent financially, um, I guess, emotionally. And you're not going to have, you know, people telling you what to do sometimes, which means, you know, my bedtime is no longer at 8.30. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same point, you have to step up, take initiative, and make responsible decisions. And how have you, Walker, sort of stepped up into preparing for that? Believe me, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when I started applying, that was sort of the first... Uh, first... Where you apply to school says a lot about what you want and what you're interested in. That's true. You've applied to a lot of schools, but you kind of had in mind that you wanted to go to Herbal Farm, mm -hmm. which is a liberal arts college. Yeah, well, we're both going to a small yes. liberal arts college. Yes. Which says a lot about us. Mm -hmm. um, it's still in Atlanta, mm -hmm. which is, you know, yeah, so I'm relatively close to home. An hour away. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. But still in a great enough distance to, you know, give yourself some independence. Mm -hmm. And um, what I learned a lot over the summer is that location is everything with college. You know, you can be in maybe the school of your dreams, but if you're in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. and you want to be closer to a city like Oglethorpe is, you're probably not going to have as good a time, even though that's the school of your dreams. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you're getting a good education, but like, what about those weekends or those breaks when you just want to relax? It's one thing about it, it gives me a ton of downtime. And one of the factors in my decision was the school I chose offered a few more intramurals and clubs and extracurriculars than some other schools that perhaps didn't quite have as many mm -hmm. after or you know, extracurricular activities because there's gonna be a ton of downtime in college. It's not, you know, go to school every day from eight to four o'clock. It's, you know, taking classes for only a couple days a week mm -hmm. for much longer. You know, and one of the things that really drove me to pick Oglethorpe as my number one was that, you know, it's a small school, which is exactly what I want. It's, they have small class sizes. There's a really big focus on community, both in the school and in the Atlanta area, because they do a lot with charity, especially with, like, the fraternities and sororities. They're pretty much just for organizing charity events. It's very good of you. And, um, but I agree that that kind of fits right into your character. No, absolutely. You know, I, I know we love to... Mm -hmm. 
It, it is, but um, everyone I talk to speaks very highly of it mm -hmm. in respects to you know what life is like for both professors in terms of class sizes and uh, students in terms of you know the life close to New York City. Um, is relatively close to New York City, about 20, 30 minutes from mm -hmm. traffic. And uh, I have a lot of family out in that area. And I think being around a lot of people, it's a relatively small school, but it's in a very big environment, yeah. just like in, you know, in the book I ran up. And that's really, I think, ideal for me because it gives me the, uh, the space to kind of isolate myself and give myself some personal space. But at the same time, you know, I'm not necessarily, I don't want to say in the middle of nowhere, but mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, in maybe a little rural setting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Still, I'm still where this stuff happens. You're alone enough that you can do what you need to do, but mm -hmm. then you're right next to New York, so yeah. I think that's exactly it. You know, a lot of stuff happens in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, I say that, you know, very broadly, but really, New York is a very big city. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, important companies there. Stock Exchange, for example, um, and that's kind of another factor in my decision. Uh, Seton Hall is a very good law school, a very good business school, both of which are careers I'm potentially interested in, as well as uh, journalism and uh, politics. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, look out for the Pulitzer Prize-winning district attorney oh, Lane O'Connell in, uh, in the future. No, no, no. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think it's the ideal place to set up for future success, which is what college is meant for. Yeah, it's sort of that first foray into independent adult life while also going with sort of what you know and getting used to this more advanced classes. Absolutely. And um, so finding the right environment for you in terms of academics and extracurriculars and setting is important mm -hmm. to find out what will be best for you because college, no matter where you go, is going to be a lot of money compared to public school. Yeah. Or even private school. Yeah, even yeah, private schools. Um, incredibly expensive compared to that. So, you know, it's an investment. Yeah, I mean, you can go to the University of Georgia, which is a great school by any Absolutely. But you have 200 person classes. I mean, if that doesn't work for you, that doesn't work for you. Exactly. No matter how big the school is. And uh, sometimes if you want to go to Oglethorpe, you know, class sizes are 15 people. Maybe yeah. you want something bigger. Yeah. You know, it all depends on what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, so looking back, we talk about the future. How was it before this point? How many past four years? How was your day, Walker? No, wait a minute. How was your, how was your uh, senior year? Hold on, hold on. One more. How were the past four years of life at Starsville for you? Well, I just want to, it's, it's tangentially related, but I want to just tell our, our uh, loyal audience that Liam and I met in a Miss Shoemaker, Miss Thompson, then her ninth grade English class, mm -hmm. rocking it out with uh, the to kill, to kill a Mockingbird and 12 Angry Men. Do you remember that 12 Angry Men? Um, well, we've come a long way. We've, we, yeah, we've come <laughs> a few feet. Um, no, I loved, I loved every year I had at Starsville. Mm -hmm. And we just had ups and downs, some yeah. more ups, some more downs. Um, freshman year, in general, was kind of like really new. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of classes were much faster. Yeah. You know. Um, a lot more demanding. Absolutely more Which demanding. Which is understandable, but you know, it's got to be said. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and there's just so much like on you. Yeah. You know, in elementary to middle school, it was like, all right, now you're gonna have a locker. Now you're gonna like you know, be walking around your team, all that. But really, in middle school, I mean, you're told when you can and can't go to your locker. Yeah. You know, it still walks single file down here, and you know, going to high like school, five steps away from hips and lifts. You know, absolutely. Like, that's exactly it. And then, you know, they, they say in high school, you're going to have much more dependence on that. And it's kind of hard to believe because I was doing the same thing going into middle school. Yeah. That's, far, that's absolutely true, though. Um, I found, you know, I can go to my locker whenever I want. Yeah. Um, I'm in charge. Like, I didn't understand how people were late for class or late for school mm-hmm. until really started walking around. Like, oh my goodness, this is yeah. kind of a big place. And there are teachers telling me where to go right at this minute, you know. Understand that how people are late for school and class. And you know, to the, U- to the newcomer, you gotta get used to you know the school's layout, which is pretty straightforward. But the numbering is kind of confusing if you're absolutely coming off from the schedule. Why in the world isn't this organized for a sophomore hall, freshman yeah. hall? Yeah, and I realize now that it's would be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of all, though, the transition is different because there's a lot more advocacy. There's a lot more responsibility for you to advocate for yourself. When I was sick in middle school, I would come back and my teacher would have a my homeroom teacher would have a folder of everything I missed that day. Now when I'm sick and I come back into school, it's like I have to ask my second period teacher what I missed. I have to ask my third period teacher, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, everybody I have to talk to separately and ask what I missed, what I need to do, make it up, sometimes taking tests or quizzes. You know, there's a lot more self-advocacy that you need to learn very quickly when you become a freshman because if you don't ask the teacher what you missed, it's going to go and this is zero. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, and this isn't to say teachers are evil, it's just how things work. Most of the mm-hmm. time, those keep going on. Absolutely. Um, you know, I realize this to be the same in college, mm-hmm. but, you know. It's really, yeah, it's, I mean, in college, like, even going back to if you went to a bigger school, they might not even notice you missed a day. Exactly. Exactly, and sometimes that's the case at Stars Mill, especially if the teacher wasn't there. You know? Yeah, yeah. There was a son there, you know. Mr. Kendall had, um, an English teacher at Stars Mill, had injured his foot earlier this year, missed quite a bit of time, which is mm-hmm. very unfortunate, but some of the students there, you know, if they missed a day, they would have no clue, and he would have no clue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and in the end, if the teacher doesn't see it, the teacher doesn't grade it, it goes into zero. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think that's a much bigger metaphor for everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's important because, you know, maybe to the broad scope, the world is tough. You know, it's tough to live. And um, there's nobody out there fighting for you anymore. Yeah. You know, it's you going to get, you know, what you can the most. And um, if you don't go out there and fight hard for yourself, then uh, sometimes you're left with nothing. I mean, you know, in high school, if you get a bad grade or something, you can get your parent to come up and yell at someone, but then you're that kid. So, like, I think even that, the ridicule by both students and teachers, really enforces the idea of you're on your own, for better or for worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully, for most people, it's for better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you kind of learn, learn what it's like going into high school. Once you're in high school, kind of getting the lay of the land and taking classes. Yeah. What was it like, kind of, once you were established as a Panther? I think, like, when I, when I can key in when I was established was second semester sophomore year, mm-hmm. or the beginning of first semester junior year, because that's sort of when 
you know, you know your previous teachers, so they're more than they're more than willing to help you. You know the layout of the school, um, and you just you more or less know how things are done. Period at Stars Mill. You know the little idiosyncrasies that separate us from other schools and what particular teachers and departments do to make them unique. Absolutely. Uh, I think becoming a parent was a little earlier for me, but once I was, a lot of people find routines boring. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, maybe dragging yourself through a day. But it's kind of the opposite for me, because once I found the routines, I found a way to, you know, get better. Well, that worked for me, you know. I would be able to go through my head and organize in my head how my day was going to go every day. And uh, when I know what I have to do, it's usually a little easier for me to do it. Sophomore year, freshman year was a blast for me. Mm -hmm. you, when you were a freshman, yeah, freshman year, a lot of people really, like, you know, so scared of Freshman Friday and all that. Which, I mean, it starts now, isn't a thing. Don't worry, kids, that doesn't happen. I mean, I can't speak for, you know, Macintosh, but I mean, Stars Mill, we, we, we were uh, privileged to go to a very accepting, sort of unified school. Absolutely. As far as things go, I mean, people there are really supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not to say there's not, you know, the one bad kid or whatever, but more or less the school's together for... There's a strong sense of community. Yeah, yeah. I think that... I think we both feel used to, and I think you're going to find that it will look like as well, which I think kind of shows how what you really care for will show through where you want to go. I, I think that's one thing with college that's especially different is, you know, like going... I didn't go to the same elementary school as most students did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most students go to Peoples and I went to Crabapple. And going into sixth grade was weird because everyone sort of knew each other. That's exactly right. And that continues through. Yeah. Going into college, especially for people like us going to small schools, but also for any college, you're not, if you know someone, you're probably going to know like a handful of people at most. Mm -hmm. Everyone there is sort of, every freshman is in that place where they're on their own and they're trying to figure everything out. And people understand that because, you know, it's not easy being a freshman in high school or in college. You're, you're adjusting to so much of your stuff. There's a big adjustment. Yeah. And I think, especially in college, but also in high school, people realize that, you know, things are changing. But that's okay, because you're, you're getting used to it. Not only you're getting used to it, but everybody's getting used to it together. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, it was a little easier for me once I found my routine, and you know, it was a little later for you, but everybody's in it together, and at that point... You know, whether it's just to pass or to, you know, to get everybody straight A's, you know. Mm -hmm. Once you find your group, you know, you're all together. Yeah. Um, so, freshman year was great. Sophomore year, once you were in the kind of, you know, stars middle, coming back, mm -hmm. first time back, the seniors are gone, there's new freshmen, um, and there's new seniors taking in some tougher classes. How was your sophomore year? Sophomore year? Sophomore year wasn't that bad. Really? Uh... I hadn't started taking APs yet, and I'd finished, you know, like the language requirements and stuff, so I was more or less just doing normal sort of math, science, English, all that stuff. And uh, sophomore year, I mean, I took, you know, advanced English and advanced chemistry. Yes, but other than that... Those are two difficult classes. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to sell anyone short. Those, those are two difficult classes, but overall, I think sophomore year, was it was pretty good. It wasn't, I mean, it was, it was like the right amount of challenge, and then also the right amount of fun. It was a nice balance. Well, sophomore year was probably my toughest year in high school. Um, I got caught up in my first AP, AP World History, and um, it was tough. There was a lot of reading. Sometimes mm -hmm. I didn't quite do all the reading. 
Tell me all. Makes it even tougher. Um, you know, after taking the exam and after completing the class, I can look back, reflect, and say, I'm really happy I took it. Mm -hmm. Because not only was it sort of the great awakening where like, I was really my first really difficult class, but it's also taught, you know, that I can get through it. I ended up passing the exam, you know, wow. A's and B's, and I tried this semester. And uh, kind of my first, like, I really just, you know, I did it, and I can do it in the future. And that's something I want to say about APs, is that, like, they're scary, and they're not easy, which is, you know, the point of an AP class, but, you know, teachers understand, colleges understand, the graders of AP tests understand that an AP is difficult. And, you know, even if you get, you know, a two on an AP English exam, you're not passing, but colleges will look at that and say, oh, this student tried, this student got close to a three, that's good. Not only that, but if you don't get the credit for the class, and you go take it in college, you're gonna pass that class yeah, yeah. flying colors. Yeah, yeah. Because like, they're, they're, it's intentionally more difficult in high school than the college class actually is. Most usually, just because you don't pass a test doesn't mean you haven't learned all the content and learned how to think for the content. And I do feel like there's this sort of sense of camaraderie in AP classes that grows between the group. Absolutely. They are different than uh, the other classes because you know other classes are AP classes are really about. You know, education, but also about preparing for the exam. You know, ultimately, that's the big goal. And the exams becomes sort of this, this goliath for the class to tackle as a whole. Because, you know, everyone goes in there at once and they take it together. And, you know, they've been going through the entire year with their teacher and with each other, learning it, you know, doing projects and studying and doing practice tests. I would say the most difficult thing, and I agree, mm -hmm. the most difficult thing about AP classes is changes the way you think. Um, I'll use an example. We're both in AP literature, mm -hmm. the same class, right? Every English class I've been in has been, you know, read the book, mm -hmm. and I'll try and take To Kill a Mockingbird, for example, you know. Um, it will ask, you know, who is the main character, mm -hmm. and it'll be a scout. AP English changes the way it thinks, and will say, how does scout as a main character affect the way the reader portrays mm -hmm. And I'm not joking when I say this, but I feel like AP, you know, whereas normal English classes, not to sell them short, would say, who is the main character, AP classes will say sort of, why is the main character, because they were really want to analyze why the author has chosen this character, and why, or in the case of AP Lang, why the author has chosen this for their audience, and what, what they're ultimately trying to, trying to achieve with their characters and through the novel, or the work. You know, there's definitely AP classes I think are meant to be more difficult mm -hmm. and maybe people are like, like more uh, want to be challenged students. But um, if that's not for you, that's totally okay. Yeah, and, and it's fine. Most of students at Strasbourg only take one or zero APs. Yeah, no, I've, only taken, totally I've only taken two APs, yeah. and that's AP Lang and AP Lit. Mm -hmm. And those are both really right in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are classes that you know, I took them because I knew they are suited to my talents and because their classes are also interesting just because I'm interested in both rhetoric and literature. And I ultimately feel like those are going to prepare me for college with what I want to pursue writing-wise and journalism-wise and communications-wise, but also just appealing to my interest and sort of changing the way I think. And I think that's kind of the point where ultimately 
you know, when you take an AP class, sure, some people take them for credit, mm -hmm. you know, which is understandable because it looks good on college applications yeah. and hopefully you graduate early or whatever. But to an extent, you know, you take those classes every year in the house because you don't want to be asked who the main character is. You want to learn how to think, you know, why does it affect, mm -hmm. how does scout saying it affect, you know, who the audience is and what the audience thinks. I think that kind of goes for me. One of the classes I really wish that I had taken was AP Macroeconomics. Mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of something I'm very interested in. I didn't want to be asked, you know, um, what does this supply and demand graph shift show? I want to be asked, you know, what caused this? Or, you know, how does the cause of this affect what the market will look like later? You know, those are things that I really wish I had dug into. Mm -hmm. So I think the lesson learned from AP classes is if you see something that interests you, the least you can do is just apply. If you get into the class, you know, then you can decide whether or not you want to take it. You don't, you're not obligated to take any AP classes, you know. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And it ties it back into another uh, about independence and personal responsibility is you're really looking, I mean, I would say, Taking AP classes for the credit because it's good, and take it because it looks good in applications. But most of all, take it for you because it's something you're interested in, it's something you want to do. A lot of times, people will take like a class so they don't have to take it in college because they're not good at it, which I understand. But I never really got because I've only ever taken AP classes that I wanted to take because I was interested. I mean, if you take a class you don't want to, then you're not setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. But it's always easier to work hard and to do something that you love. It's easier for you to read than it is for you to do calculus, mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, didn't take AP calculus. Yeah, of course. Um, so definitely, most of all high school, set yourself up for something you know you can succeed in. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing that we've taken away as seniors is look out for yourself, not in a selfish way, but in a in a sort of a, a protective way mm -hmm. about preparing yourself for the best and getting used to getting used to change and getting used to increasing challenge. And I would say, you know, be protective, you know, set yourself up for success, but that doesn't mean you should close your doors and, you know, not mm -hmm. take classes that interest you. Um, last year, from sophomore going into my junior year, I didn't get into a single AP class I applied for. Mm -hmm. And I was meeting with my counselor, Miss Petty. One thing I learned is all your counselors are fantastic. Um, when I was talking to Miss Petty about something on my schedule, she said, Well, there's an opening in AP computer science. And I was like, I don't know anything about coding or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's college credit, and one of those classes where it's like, I really need credit. So I took it. I read a lot about computer science and coding over the summer, and I got in the class. And I really loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, was I setting myself up for failure? Not necessarily. Was I setting myself up for like, success? Well, I wasn't quite sure. But when you really work hard for it and you do succeed, you may find that you like something you didn't know you liked. And that's something I think is a big thing about college, but especially high school, is getting out of your comfort zone. You know, reasonably, not like taking a huge plunge, just taking like a few steps into the water and seeing what might be different. Because even if it's something, because I mean, things that are different, they challenge you just by being different and being something you're not yeah. typically interested in. Absolutely. <sighs> I think, I think looking back, I would say those four years has been pretty good. Absolutely. Um, 
after, you know, kind of deciding what I'm doing in our life, kind of transition quickly into junior and senior year. These two years have been kind of similar for me. Not much has changed between them. I think yeah. once I really found out what I was with Hampton, kind of finding out, you know, who I hang out with, who I do this with, who I do that with, what classes I can take, what kind of student I am. Once you kind of figure that out, I think, and it's not necessarily something you have to say, I have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of just go through normal behavior and you kind of take a look back and sort of realize this is what I do, this is where I build habits, routines, whatever. Once you kind of figure that out, school kind of goes the same for you, mm-hmm. I think. That's not to say it's boring, but it's just... It's, it's comfortable. Boring. Yeah, it's comfortable. And I think it all ties into it's a way for you to prepare to take your independence. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, what it, College isn't mandatory or whatever. It's just another step in training for independence and you know how to succeed. But junior and senior year were both incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. I, think. Um, I think both years I went the direction that I'm going to challenge myself. And yes, that I was definitely slacking off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I did well in both of those years. Mm-hmm. Even two of my years, like highlights, tons of highlights, you know, socially, academically. Once you have fun with it, I think it's easier. Um, there's something we've learned in psychology about you know, what motivates people. And um, really, when, it, when you're motivated from the inside, and it kind of sounds, you know, oh, that's, anyone can know that. But mm-hmm. Once you kind of just like, take a step back and realize that when you work hard, you know, it's easier to work hard into something you really love for you than it is to work hard in something you just absolutely hate that you don't think you're getting any benefit from. Mm-hmm. Intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. When you work for you and you take the classes that you like and you hang out with the people that you like, then I think that's really where you'll find out what you love. And I think on that, we want to start wrapping things up because we've kind of reached our time limit. Um, um, well, I, one once again, I oh to mention is senioritis. Oh yeah, it's not real. Yeah, I mean you'll get. Sort of tired. It's just an excuse. It's, yeah, it's just an excuse. <laughs> like it's it's what bad students say to excuse themselves from work. Well, once you're accepted into college and you know what you're going to do, and you've submitted your deposits and whatnot, it's kind of hard to do homework sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if there is such a thing as senioritis, I've definitely felt it in this very last week. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Um, because it's important to say, don't excuse your laziness just because everybody else has stopped doing their homework. Because in the end. Those are the people who are working hard to get a B so they can exempt. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting pretty comfortably right now. And so am I. Um, so, uh, I think with that, we'll sort of tie things off. Uh, I want to apologize again for any sound problems. Again, we are recording in the Petrie City Public Library. That's the tragedy of the commons. <laughs> tragedy of the public goods. Something like If we were in a private library right now, there is no way we'd be having this problem. Yeah. So, um, I guess this is a little bittersweet considering this is Liam and I's, Liam and I's last podcast at, at Stars Mill, but, uh... I really missed doing it with you this year, Walter. I really did. Me too. Um, but I'm happy we wrapped this up. Yeah. Properly. So... I, I think this is a neat, neat little bow on a four-year package. Absolutely. So, to our younger listeners, don't be afraid of high school. Yeah, don't fret the small things. You know, people talk about how hard it is and whatnot, but really, every year you've been in school has been gradually harder and harder. Mm-hmm. It's no exception to here. 
you'll get tough adjustment because you're in a new environment, but that's the same for anything. And to our uh, older listeners, maybe uh, this entire podcast does not pertain to what should be saying to them. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Find your find what you're comfortable with, but don't be afraid to go for the different things. Once you have a routine, it doesn't mean you can't change it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or completely abandon it if you don't like it. But um, another message for all the listeners: you know, high school's going pretty good. Yeah. Your kids should be having fun, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure they do their homework. Yeah, that too. Because uh, there was a point where I wasn't; they didn't help. <laughs> so. Well, once for the last time, I guess. Uh, right. Thank you for listening to Real Talk. Thanks for tuning in to uh, The Prowler. And um, as always, I must say, before, as always, once I left The Prowler, you guys have been doing very well. So if I'm not saying uh, correlation or causation, but. If you just listen to this, make sure you check out The Prowler in all different departments. Because <laughs> every single department has been doing absolutely phenomenally this year. Um, in op-ed, we've had tons of Best of Snow Awards. Mm-hmm. In news, we've had tons of you know, Best of Snow Awards. The entire paper, you know, sports awards, anytime there's a game, there's an update immediately out there by Riley and Jenna and, yeah. other, and Morgan, other sports writers. And um, photography, there's stargazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one thing I absolutely make sure every single time. Stargazing's pretty good. And I mean, I, I've officially passed on my mantle of editor. I'm just saying that as a, as an enjoyer of news. Absolutely. And um, you know, make sure you check out the trailer often because we really look forward to what next year has to go. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll be checking from New Jersey what's going on with the mill next year. So um, once again, signing off of Real Talk for one last time is me, And Walker Allen. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to keep it real out there. Yeah, it's been real. <laughs>